Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. I read a story that I found interesting. It was about baby giraffes. And you go, baby, you're starting the sermon with baby giraffes? Listen, listen, baby giraffes, they, they never go to school, but they... They learn a very important lesson rather early in life. And you go, well, like what? Well, I think it's a lesson that all of us would do well to remember. Well, Ben, share. The birth of a baby giraffe is quite um, interesting. It's quite an earth-shaking event, if you will. See, when a giraffe gives birth to the baby, the, the baby falls, guys, from the mother's womb some eight feet above the ground. Okay, so it doesn't just lay down, and I mean, it hits hard, okay? And so here the baby gives her, boom, the baby giraffe hits. The mother lovingly lowers her neck to smooch the baby giraffe. Then something incredible happens. She lifts her legs and begins to kick the giraffe. So she picks her leg and she kicks it about eight feet this way. And the baby giraffe's still laying there, and he's like, I mean, think about that. Think about that. And I thought, wow, this is interesting. Why would they do that, right? And so here goes the baby giraffe tumbling down on the ground. The baby lies there curled up. Of course, is wondering, why did my mom kick me, right? And, and so I thought, wow. Now, still trembling and tired, pushes its limbs for the first time, and then it gets the little baby giraffe to stand on its feet. And you would think that's enough. But mom then walks over again, Happy to see her little baby standing, and the mother kicks it again. And there goes the little baby tumbling. And it's like, what? And uh, the baby giraffe falls one more time. But now, quickly recovers, and it stands up. And Mama Giraffe is really delighted. Why? Because she knows that her baby has learned an important lesson. You go, what's that? She knows that the baby needs to learn and needs to remember how to stand so it can save its life at a later time of danger. She kicks it again, not because she's having a bad hair day or because she wants to have, because she wants her baby to survive in the world. This is what most people call tough love. Because that's not norm if you have a child, but the baby's giraffe needs to learn this lesson. Well, our lesson today in the Word of God, guys, we see Joseph, he's going to do something much like the mama giraffe. He's going to exercise tough love. Okay, he's he's going to exercise tough love against his brothers, but not because he's angry with them. Or because he's retaliating, oh, those are my brothers, I'll get them, I'll show you, come on in here. You know, not at all. See, Joseph sees an opportunity for this, for some tough love, but also, guys, for the hope of forgiveness. Well, you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, minute. they're not forgiving, they don't need to forgive Joe. No, 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 see, Joe needs to forgive them. So, very interesting story. Now, here's an important lesson that we can learn, guys, from Joseph. You go, what's that? Never mind how hard you fall, always keep your eyes on God following him. See, what others meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. What others meant to do you harm, God's going to turn it for good. 
And that's what he does. And so, as we came to a close last week in our Bible study, guys, we said the scene changes from the storyline of Joseph. Okay, we've been hanging out with Joseph. We've been following Joseph. We've been walking with him through all from the pit to the prison, now into the palace. But now in chapter 42, it changes just a little bit because the focus is now going to be on Israel. Okay, Jacob and his brothers. But before we jump into our text, I... I want to give you some key thoughts. I want to remind you a little bit about Joseph's life, right? And you go, what do you mean? Well, things that we can apply today. Well, like what, Pastor? Well, think about this and jot this down. Here's what we need to know. When it comes to Joseph, guys, we saw and learned that bad things do happen to good people. The Lord was with Joseph. God was was doing an incredible work in his life. He kept his eyes on the Lord, and yet bad things continued to happen. Like it wasn't his fault that his dad gave him the, the, the coat of many colors, but yet we see how he was. And But bad things do happen to good people. We also saw that things, guys, don't always turn out the way we would like them to. We have to trust the sovereignty of God in our lives. We have to trust that God has a greater plan. And it's not always going to turn out the way we would like it. Can I get an amen on that? I think we also learned, guys, that we noticed that there was something different about Joseph. So much so, guys, that even his enemies noticed. Well, well, Ben, what did we learn? Well, guys, we learned... Just because we live a life for God doesn't mean that we're not going to have problems. Okay? When I read the scriptures, I see that throughout the whole scriptures, there is times of suffering for the believer. And I wish I could come at this pulpit and preach to you and say, come on, guys, it's all going to be good. And it's going to be amazing. And, and, and yes, our God is amazing. And he's going to bless your socks off, I promise you. And he's going to love you. And he's going to, he's going to walk with you. You're going to have an amazing relationship. But that doesn't mean you won't have problems. It doesn't mean that your spouse won't wig out and you get in a fight. It doesn't mean that, that there is some tension in the marriage. It doesn't mean that your boss won't look at you and be... There's just problems. There's just problems. Now take a pandemic like we're in, add that to everyday life, and everybody's on edge. And I think as believers, guys, we might need to, just for a second, have a little bit extra grace on people. I mean, they're ready to explode. And you may be doing your job at work, you may be doing everything right, but your boss is coming in from a different angle and he's so untight and so wound up and he just found out that somebody he loved tested positive for this, for this virus and boom, you're the first in line. And you go, God, what, what, what did I, what did I do? What did I do? Okay, Lord, you got this. Okay, I, I still have problems. Here's the one thing we learned about Joseph, guys, that I think we need to apply deep in our hearts. See, Joseph went from the pit to the prison, but now he's in the palace. Okay? And here's what we can learn from old Joe. The things that he learned while in the pit is going to help him in the palace. Amen? 
Okay, we think, well, no, 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 no. He, he was just put in a cistern. He was just in a pit for it. No, no, no. Think about this for just a minute. The very people he trusted, he, he, he was thrown into. And, and so he, he had to learn some things in the pit. He had to learn, okay, how can I use this moving forward? You see, guys, when we fall into a pit, a, pa- a prison, or even the palace, we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. Okay, is this pit going to define me? Is this pit, am I going to complain in the midst of the pit and just hope that things will change? Or am I going to look at it as an opportunity for growth? Am I going to look at it? Okay, God, what are you using? And I wish I could sit there and go, your pastor does that every time. He does it, yeah. What a, but most of the time I'm in the pit going, I don't understand why you're doing this to me, God. I just, uh, and God's like, man, I want to teach you something. I want to teach you. I want you to grow. Well, what do you mean, God? Well, because, because, Ben, you're my son, and I want you to grow. And there's things that you've got to grow up in that you're not growing up in. Let's try again. You see, because I'm going to need that. When I get to the palace, there are some things he learned in the prison. There are some things he learned in the prison, guys, that we, that we, that, that he had to learn. But he, he, God was with him and he managed all the other prisoners. And he did it unto the glory of God. Why? Because the Bible tells us, guys, that, that whatever you do, do unto it with the Lord with all of your heart. Not working for men, but for God. And that's the attitude we need to have. Anything we put our mind to, anything we put our heart to, we do it as unto the Lord. That's what God calls us to do. Because in the prison, we've got to learn some stuff because the palace is right around the corner. The palace is right around the corner. Guys, listen. There are people in the pit, there are people in the prison, and you and I, we're in the palace. You go, hey, I ain't in the palace, man. Have you seen my bank account? I ain't in no palace. No, no, no. Because we have peace in our heart that we're not at war with God. That's the palace. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That our sins have been forgiven and that we can walk freely and know that one day Jesus is going to come back for us. That's palace for me. The fact that we got to eat today, that's palace. Because there's a lot of people who, they don't have it like we do. Are we not super blessed? Amen. Are we, really? Are we not super blessed? The fact that we have cameras and TVs and internet and Facebook and all this stuff that we can get the gospel out. Man, we're in the palace, so what are we going to learn? Let's learn to take the gospel message like Paul out to the world. Let's learn that, guys. It needs to be embedded in us so that, man, so that we can see. So that we can see a change in our community. So we can see a change in our family. So we can see a change. So we can see a change. Church can't be church anymore. Where people come and sit and just sit. Oh, I've heard a good sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. Boom. Gone. Church can't be that anymore. We have to be the church. And if they're not coming to church, we need to take the church to them. We need to take the church to them. We need to go out and minister to people. We need to tell people at the grocery store. We need to tell people. Why? Because church is a community. It's a place where you're gathered. It's a place where you, where you feel like you belong. It's a place where you have friends. It's a place where you walk with people. 
That's what church is. And what happens here, guys, is we equip you in the word of God to take the message out there. See, that's why it's important. That's why at Calvary Chapel, it's a teaching ministry. And you'll often hear me say, if you're taking notes, because we want you to take notes. Why? I have go back in my Bible, guys, and I have notes that I've taken that is so good. I'm like, wow, that's really good. Somebody taught me, and I made a note, and it, it, it really spoke to me. And that's, that's what we should be doing. Guys, listen, this should be our best friend. This should be our constant companion. This should be stained with the tears that we cry as we weep over loved ones that are not saved. This should be torn up, beat up, highlighted. Everything should be in, our, in the word of God. This is where it needs to be. This is what's going to get us through. It's the word of God. I think of Joseph. Joseph didn't have the written word like we do. He didn't have the canon of scripture, but we do. The disciples walked with the word and, and, and with Jesus. They were, I, I got, hey, Alex, I got to remember that. Jesus said that. I got to remember. That was so good. I got to remember. Holy Spirit, help me remember. But guys, we have it. We have what Jesus tells us. We have him when he speaks to us. And I think about it like this. I think learning to be like a Joseph is a lot like riding a bike. Do you guys remember when you first rode a bike? Do you remember what happened? Like any other, I mean, it was so, it was so cute because I got to help teach my six-year-old granddaughter how to ride a bike this spring. And boy, when she gets adamant about something, there's no changing her mind. She wanted the training wheels off. I bargained, I negotiated, maybe just one training wheel. No, Grandpa, I want them off. No, you're going to fall. How will it hurt? Yes, it's going to hurt. I want them off. And there was a couple of times where she fell. She looked at me like, but that's like life, guys, because what happens is that it doesn't matter because you get back up and you continue to ride and you continue to ride. And you get back up and see, that's all it takes. You learn to get back up every time you fall. That's a lesson from Joseph. Do you ever stop and think for just a moment, guys? Put your thinking caps on for a second. Do you ever stop and think, what would you do if you were sold to a band of Midianites headed to Egypt? Would you have checked out? Would you have been like, Would you have said, hey, man, God can't use me. Now I'm a slave. Would you think, I've got, if I could just get back home, if I could be a runaway slave, well, yeah, you can't go back home because your brothers wanted to kill you. They'll see you coming. What do you do? You see, Joe, man, he had his heart, and he said, look, whatever the circumstances, whatever the case, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, guys, if you're taking note, jot this down. Um, Joseph is in the palace seven years already. Okay. These were the great years. These were the years of plenty. These were the fat cows. Okay. And then all of a sudden, the seven years of famine hit. 
Now, the scene changes to Jacob in the land of Canaan. So remember, Jacob or Joseph now is about 37, 38 years old at this point. Got sold into slavery about 20 years earlier. Okay, that's a long time. Okay, think of where you were 20 years ago. Think of how old you were 20 years ago. Okay, wow. Okay, we've only been a church for 16 years. But 20, this is, this is, you know, I mean, think about it. So this is where he is. Joseph's been in that position for 20 years. So that's where we pick up our study, guys. Verse 1 through 4. There's a lot here, so we got to unpack it. Look, it says, when Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, why do you look at one another? He said, indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him, unquote. Okay? So about two years into the famine, Jacob, guys, hears the news, right? Let me just put it to you in modern terms. Jacob's scrolling through Facebook and he sees a post. There's grain in Egypt. Are you serious? I have to be careful because every time I say I'm serious, then Siri answers me. But, but he's thinking about this. And so he looks at his boys and he's like, hey, why are you boys sitting around just twiddling your thumbs? <laughs> what gives, fellas? Right? Jacob says, why do you look at one another? I've heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy some food for us so that we don't die. Now, let me just say this, guys. There's about 13 major famines in the Bible. There's about, you know, what I find very interesting, guys, is if you go to Israel today, they're actually growing watermelons in the desert. Israel has actually come up with a system uh, of, of producing. They actually produce more food than the, what they can consume. And every time I see a famine, I start to go, hmm. Hmm. Why does that intrigue you? Here's why. Listen. For some reason, in the midst of a pandemic, we thought that toilet paper was essential. You guys know what I'm talking about? And in the moment, the shells were wiped out. All it takes is a scare for the food to be wiped off off the shelves. Now, now people will have it in their homes. You guys know, I mean, you, you guys went to the grocery store. You saw there was stuff you're like, there was no spaghetti. There was no sauce. There is meat. There is a, you're just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, but the point I'm trying to make, guys, is think about this. It doesn't take much. It won't take much. Well, who has the food? Well, Israel does. Just, just food for thought, okay? Think about famine. Now, there's a famine, okay? But he heard that there's food where? Help me, guys. In Egypt. There's food in Egypt. Okay, so we need to unpack this. Um, there's a lot going on here, guys. We're going to spend some time on the first few verses. But think about this. I am sure the boys remembered what they did to Joseph. 
Don't you think? I am sure they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, right, right? Because their minds go back a few chapters. Now, we have the chapters, but in verse 27, it says this, Come, let us sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And as brothers listened, then the Medianite traders passed. So his brothers pulled Joseph, lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Now, here's the line. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Dad's like, hey, there's grain in Egypt. He said, Egypt. Last time I remember, old Joe was there. You, you, you guys see what's going on here? Now, again, think about this, guys. Dad looks at his boys and asks, why are you guys not doing anything? Why are, We're going to starve to death if you don't go down to Egypt to buy some food. Now, again, the things that come to mind is really simple. The boys remembered selling Joe to the Midianites going where? Help me. Egypt, good. As a result, I wonder if guilt came flooding back to them. So much guilt in their lives that they were not interested in going back. They were paralyzed by guilt and fear. We can't go back there, man. Not that they thought Joseph was going to be second in command, but it's like, man, you know what? That's just, that's, that's the guilt of my past. That's the guilt of my past. I wonder. Now, let's even break it down like this, guys. Here's some great application. Here's some great stuff that we can take home and we can chew on tonight. Um, Egypt has always been a type of the world. Amen? Egypt has always been a type of the world. Joseph is now second in command to the pharaoh of Egypt. He's the prime minister. You go, okay. You go, where's the application? Let's just say that A represents our B.C. days before we came to Christ. A would be Egypt. That's our B.C. days, right? Do you guys remember your B.C. days? They were full of what? Guilt, shame, loneliness, emptiness, all of these things. And actually, they had a fear of dying. They actually had a fear of dying, right? We was like, man, I don't know. Why? Because the question we would ask is, hey, do you know if you died today where you would go? I don't know. I hope. I, here's what I get. I hope I would go to heaven. I cross my fingers and my toes and I just hope that I would go to heaven. Why? Well, how do you base that? Well, I've relatively been a good person. I hope I go to heaven. And so again, think about that. This was me before my BC days. I remember the exact conversation I had when the gospel was given to me. Lord, if I'm good, I'll go to heaven. And if I'm bad, I'll go to hell. You decide. And that's really what it came out of this mouth. And I thank God that he did. He was just like, okay. No, he didn't. He's like, no, no, no. You, you are what Paul calls it. You are ignorant. You are unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant. Oh, okay, Lord. That's not how it works. But who is Joseph? Guys, Think about this. This blows me away. Why? Because Joseph's new name is Zephyrnath uh, Panea. That's his, that's his Egyptian name. Zephyrnath Panea. And you go, what does it mean? If you kind of look it up, it's really hard to translate, but it actually comes out translated creator or preserver of life. Kind of the savior of the world. When Pharaoh named him, he named Joseph savior of the world. Not in a spiritual sense, but in a physical sense. And yet, think about this. Think about this. B, Joseph, would represent our AD days when we got saved. When we're covered by the blood of Jesus. 
Guys, when the guilt was taken away and the shame was taken away and the loneliness and the emptiness was taken, did you remember that day? Do you remember that day when, when, when you, you heard, but you didn't hear with your ears per se, but you heard with your heart? And you said, what? Yes. Yes to Jesus. I remember. Guys, listen. Think about this. I just want to take you in my arms and say, guys, we need to rejoice at the fact that we're saved. We need, we need to be happy and, and, and joyful. I mean, we know, listen, because think about, look, look all you get. You, the great exchange is you gave God your heart, your dirty, broken, fearful heart, and he gave it back to you new, brand new, shiny. And, and, and there's no fear of guilt anymore. Right? There's no, there's no guilt. The loneliness is gone. I walk with God. I walk with the God of the universe. Not only that, guys, but the emptiness. Every time I try to fill it with something else, I wouldn't be filled. But Jesus came in and he filled my emptiness. And now, just reading the New Testament, just reading 1 Corinthians, just reading Thessalonians, I'm not afraid to die because I get a new body. It's, it's going to be so cool. You're going to put this body in. You might put this body in the grave down here. You might. But it's only for a minute. It's only for a minute. And then, boom, the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to get a brand new body. I'm going to get a brand new body. Alex, aren't you glad you get a brand new body? Amen. So, so again, are you afraid to die? No. Oh, that's it. So, here's the million-dollar question. Listen to me. Are you still living in Egypt, walking in your guilt, in the shame of your past? Or are you hanging out with Joseph, our Jesus, our one true Savior? That's the key. That's the million-dollar question. Those of you watching online, think about it. Are you? Now, where are you? That's our heart's desire at Calvary Chapel to see you saved. To see you having just a, 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 an amazing, victorious walk with God. That's our heart. That's the word of God. You go, Ben, well, well, some other stuff is going on. What else is going on in this text? What else is going on with these first few verses? Okay, well, check this out. Um, one of the things that I see here, guys, is it seems like everyone in the family knew there was a famine. Can I get an amen? Yet nobody wanted to talk about it. It seemed like there was two years into the famine. And you go, okay. I like what, how Pastor Skip Heitzig, he, he says, he calls it the standard dysfunction of their family. Why? Because nobody wanted to talk that there was a famine. Nobody wanted to say anything. And I thought, wow, this is interesting because it made me think for just a moment. You go, what was that? Guys, we're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, and yet so many, so many people don't want to talk about it. What do you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody's talking about it. No, 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 listen to me. People don't want to talk about the, the, the truth about it. The truth about it, yeah, like when people talk to me about it, yeah, I understand what's going on. I see all the news outlets. It's sometimes too much. It just gets me crazy. But here's what I want to see. I want to see it. I want to see the truth about it. What's the truth about it? Listen to me. God, my God is preparing for his soon and imminent return of Jesus Christ. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And what the world has done is the world is saying, no, 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 the churches need to close down. 
No, 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 you can't worship. No, 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 you can't have Bible studies. No, 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 you can't do home fellowships. No, the churches are going to spread, and, they, and, 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 and it's been an all-out attack against the churches. And, and, and the thing about it is I'm going, no, 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 let's talk about the truth. The truth of the matter is really simple. The truth is, is God is preparing not only unbelievers, but believers. And, and, and I see him going, okay. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. Right? We need to be ready. You go, Ben, newsflash, I've been ready. Okay, so what are you doing about it? What are we doing? Let me tell you what I'm doing. We need to live life. We need to live life to the fullest, man. We need to let, please be careful because the enemy wants to get you caught up in everything down here and we forget. Oh, I, this is me now, okay, you can join me if you want to. I really want to live. I really want to live life to the fullest and knowing that God has got everything under control. I really want to do that. I want to hang with my bros. I want to laugh till we can't laugh anymore. I want to see people get saved. I want to see the broken come back to Jesus. I want to see marriages restored and healed. Because I know Jesus is going to do it. I want to be bold as a lion in telling people about Christ. I want to be bold. I want to look for opportunities, Rosa. I want to look for opportunities to, to as God presents himself. I want people, man, they come up to me, it's been a really rough, really, can I just share some peace? I want to look for opportunities. I want to have, I want to be sensitive to his spirit. People aren't talking about it, we're going to talk about it. Amen? Last but not least, guys, um, think about this, okay? Just some, some historical stuff. The boys didn't want to, they, they didn't want to make the trip to Egypt. You realize that it was about a two, 250 to 300 mile journey, okay? Uh, um, it would be a six week trip. I mean, total six week, right? So say, hey, you, you want to go buy us food? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hey, Jesse, you want to go to the grocery store? It's going to take you six weeks. I didn't want to go. Right? Aren't you glad we have the app? Let me just call it in, man. Let me just call, yo, Joe, bring some grain over here. But, but think about it. You go, why? Because think about this, guys. The brothers would have to leave their families. Okay? They'd have to um, make arrangements to care for their flocks. This wasn't something that they were just like, hey, we're standing around. Let's go. It's like, man, we've got to make preparations. Are you sure? Are you sure? That's another thing. Let me give you one more. The famine in Egypt was also, listen, what was it? It was worldwide. So much so, guys, remember, it's already, it's, it's not only was, was prophesied and dreamt about for the land of e- Egypt, but it also Canaan is now being, what? Is being affected. That's where Jacob is. He's in the land of Canaan. And you go, okay. Think about this, guys. It was, it was such a worldwide famine, so much so that God used it for his glory 
Why? Because Israel's going to come to Egypt for salvation. You go, what do you mean? Okay, ready? Even though we are fully devoted followers of Christ, ready? We are not exempt to the evils of this world. Are you tracking with me? Do you understand? The, the famine happened in Egypt, but it affected those in Canaan. Well, these are, these are God-fearing people. This is Jacob. He's following. He talked with God, but he's still part of the... Wait, 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 wait. Pastor, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Listen, guys, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that because you are a fully devoted follower of Christ, saved by grace, washed in the blood, guys, you are not exempt to the COVIDs of this world. You're not exempt to it. And I love those well-meaning Christians that will post something on Facebook saying, you know what, I'm a Christian and I'm not going to get it. I claim it. And, and, and it's like we're, we're part of the world. I mean, it could happen. And, and, and I understand that. But what? What's the, what's the one thing we don't do, Joe? We don't take Scripture out of context. So, so we're not exempt to the COVIDs, to the governments of this world. So what should we do? Once again, we need to put our faith and trust that God is working on our behalf behind the scenes. Some of us, man, we don't like wearing the masks. We don't like wearing masks into places. We just don't. But we go, okay, I'm going to do this because I'm going to trust God that you're working all this out for us. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. I don't see what's... I mean, man, every day the news comes out, Alex, every day the news comes out, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know, man. But I trust that God's working out. It's like I texted you today. I said, man, God's with you. He's, he's got you. He's got you. And you go, Pastor, I don't see it. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. That's for all of us. What does Jacob do, guys? Back in our text, Jacob didn't send, what, Joseph, Joseph's brother Benjamin, right? He said, no, 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 no. You're not taking little Benny. Nope. Lest some calamity befall him. You know what? Why? Well, first of all, I've already, I've already lost my wife, Rachel. She was my favorite. I love Rachel. And, and I lost my favorite son, Joseph. I'm, he's gone. You're not taking Benjamin. That's all I have left of So what happens in verse 5? The sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. So guess what? The boys hit the trail in an attempt to buy food. Look at verse 6. Now Joseph was the governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land, and Joseph's brother came, and they bowed before him with his faces to the earth. So, so old Joseph is the governor, he's the prime minister, and the wealth of Egypt is at his hand. So my question to you, Christian, is WWYD. What? What would you do if that was you? What would you do? Joseph has a choice, does he not? He'll recognize his brothers, but you've got to remember now, Joseph looks like an Egyptian. He's probably had his head shaved. 
He's probably been out in the sun, so he's darker. He's probably, they, they don't recognize him in the Hebrew. They, so what happens? They come in and they bow to him. But here's the point I want to make. I love Joseph's heart because no matter where you end up in life, if we, really, if, we, if we truly serve the Lord and we keep our eyes on him, whether it's a pit, a prison, or a palace, you'll always do the right thing. You see, Joe didn't do the right thing in the pit and go, okay, well, I'm going to trust you, Lord, and, oh, I'm going to trust you, I'm in prison, and now I'm in the palace, look what I'm going to do. He's still serving God. Why? Because when God changes us from the inside out, our character remains the same. And that's Joe. He's going to show us that he's a man of character, a man of integrity, whether he's in the pit or he's in the palace. So here comes his bros. Now, here's the question. What would you do? Okay, because see, my bros, they hurt me. They hurt me bad. Mm-hmm. Now's my chance, Rosa. Rosa, now's my chance to retaliate. Mm. Where's, where's, where's Judah? Come here, come here, Judah. Come here, sin. I mean, you, you understand, right? You understand. Something has to happen in Joseph's heart. Something has to happen in Joseph's heart that needs to happen in our heart. There needs to be a start of forgiveness. There needs to be a start of forgiveness. So what happens? Well, the boys, the guys, think about this. They come in and they bow before him. What do you think Joseph did? His mind immediately went back, right? They went back. Think about this. It says in verse 7, And Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them, and he spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, Where do you come from? And they said, We are from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dream which he had dreamed about them, and he said, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. So what does Joseph do? He remembers the dream. But he remembers the first dream, Joe, the first one, okay? He remembers, why? Because it's, the second dream had to do with his mom and dad bow, bowing down, right? The sun and the moon and everyone else. But see, this mom and dad aren't there. Oh, so it's just the first one, the grains. Oh, I remember I had that dream. I remember I had that dream. Hey, let me ask you this about dreams. Do you remember your dreams? We hardly do, Right? Oh, man, I had a crazy dream the other night. But the ones that impact us from God, we remember. I got saved when I was 17, and I had that dream right around that area. Guys, I remember it so vividly because I know it was from God. Now, I've slept since then and had many dreams since then, but no such impactful as that. Now, I remember my dream the other night where where the clouds were rolling and, and we were having an earthquake. And I remember looking at Talia saying, he's coming back, get ready, get ready, coming back. And, and we looked up and we were ready to go home. That was impactful. But in our text today, guys, we see that the tough love starts here for Joseph. Why? Because one of the things he needed to do is he needed to discover, guys, his brother's attitudes and intentions. In other words, it's been 20 years. What were, what, were they, um, what were they like? What was their lives like after all these years? Were they sorry what they did? What's, what's their attitudes like? And so he's speaking a little harsh. And, they, of course, they go, no, my Lord, verse 10, no, but your servants have come to buy food. 
Notice verse 11, guys, so important. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. Now, I, I, I put in my notes, wow. Why? Because they don't know who they're talking to. Right? They don't know who they're talking to. If only they knew who they were talking to, they probably said, we're not, we're, we're you, right? They come and go, we're honest. We're, we're honest. And Joseph's going, seriously, really? Really, guys? Okay, okay, let's see. He turns and he says to them, verse 12, no, you have come to see the nakedness of the land. Now, Joseph's being harsh, but you need to understand that, that Joseph had all the grain. And other countries would have said, oh, let's go and attack them so we can have food, right? Right? Just food for thought. Food for thought. Okay? No pun intended. But think about this, man. There's so many people that are hoarding up food and they're saying, we're going to prepare and we're going to have food and I'm going to have this and we're going to try to last that. When people find out there's no food at the stores and that you have the food, what do you think they're going to do? So just food for thought. Just food for thought. So he says, listen, you, he says, no, 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 no. Here, here it is, guys, in verse 13. Your servants are 12 brothers, the son of one man in the land of Canaan. And, and in fact, the youngest is still with our father today, and one is no more. I want you to see that verse. You go, why? Because what it means is one is dead. It wasn't mean like, oh, well, we lost him. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, he's dead. But Joseph said to them, it is as I spoke to you, you guys are spies. Verse 15, in this manner you shall be tested. Everybody see that word tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother and you shall be kept in prison and your words may be tested to see whether they, there is any truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you're spy. Okay, so what does he say? I mean, this is the test, man. This is the test. He's like, this is, let me just, let me just give you this test. Here it is. One of you's got to go back to get the boy. The rest of you going to prison, and then I'll find out for sure if you're telling the truth. And then he says this. Look at verse 17. He says, so he put them all together in prison for three days. For three days. Now, here's what I want you to see. In this manner, Joseph says you'll be tested. What was the test for? What was the test for? Let me give you two points, guys, that you can take home tonight. Um, basically, the test would provide two answers that Joseph was looking for. What were they? Number one, he wanted to see if his brothers had matured and were genuinely sorry for what they did. That's the test. I want to see where their hearts is. I want to see their heart. You know, Joseph wasn't going to let him starve. You know that. Joseph was not going to let his family starve or his family starve, but he wants to see where are their hearts? Where are their hearts? And the second test was he wanted to see his own heart, listen, to see if he could forgive them for what they did. Wow. I want to bring up something really interesting, guys. I want to make a quick note in verse 13. You go, why? Notice verse 13 real quick, and then we'll, we'll continue on. He said, and your servants are 12. You guys see that? The sons of one man of the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today. And then they said, one is no more. Do you guys see that? Now, we just read over that, and we can, we can just kind of skip that. But, but there's something interesting happening here. You go, what's that? Are they telling the truth completely? 
you go, mm. I want you to write in your Bible, and I want you to put, notice this is a semi-confession. This is a semi-confession. Why? Because it says one is no more means one is not alive. They don't know if Joseph is alive or not. What they know is they sold him into slavery, and it's, a, it's, a, it's three-quarters of the truth. Three-quarters. I swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So, no, it's three-quarters of the truth. And you go, Ben, what's the point? Okay, so that's three. But, but here it is, guys. Because it reminded me, my mind automatically went to what John wrote when he wrote in the Scriptures, 1 John 1, 9, when he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice what he says. If we confess our sins. He didn't say, now, now the point of confessing your sins is, is telling God the truth. Not three quarters of the truth. Well, God, in some areas I sin, but other areas I'm pretty good. Lord, you know, the boys, they should have just confessed the whole truth. And that's when it comes to our sins. We say, Lord, you know what? I'm a sinner. Follow me. Amen. 100%. The Bible says there's no one good. No one. So for you to say you're good, you, you, you're saying God's a liar. No, no, none are good. There's none righteous. No, not one. So I just agree with God. Lord, I'm a sinner, 100%. Here's the truth. I need you. I need you. Guys, if we confess our sins, if we confess them, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Love that. Well, it goes on in Genesis 18. We've got to try to move through because we're going to get through um, all the all the verses. It says in verse 18, And Joseph said to them this third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine for your houses and bring your youngest brother to me. So your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. So what do they do, guys? They kept Simeon back as a hostage while the others go back home. Okay? Now, remember, this is 20 years since they had put him in the pit. So notice with me some things going on. Verse 21. And after all this happened, they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw anguish in his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, the distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, did I not speak to you, saying, do not sin against the boy, but you wouldn't listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. You go, Ben, what was the point? Guys, think about it. What, is, what are they doing? They're feeling, the, they're feeling the weight of confession, the weight of conviction. Why is all this happening? Oh, it's because of Joseph, isn't it? Notice what they said. We are truly guilty concerning our brother. Guys, think about this in your mind. For the last 20 years, do you think the boys talked about it at all? Do you think they were like, you know, sitting around after dinner one time going, hey, I wonder how Joe's doing. I wonder how Joseph's doing. Man, you, maybe we shouldn't have. Or do you think that once they sold them, however they split the money, 
and then they didn't speak about it again. And now it all comes like a flood. And Reuben's like, guys, I told you. You wouldn't listen to me. And all of this is happening because of that. All of this is happening. Look at Joseph's heart, guys, verse 24. Look at Joseph's heart. And he turned himself away from them and wept. That's what he wanted to see. He wanted to see their brokenness. He wanted to see their confession. He wanted to see their hearts. He turned away and he wept. Can you imagine? Then he returned to him, collected himself, and he talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and he bound them before his eyes. I bet that was hard. I just, listen, if I had, if I had two hours to have coffee with Joseph, I, I, I would love to have coffee with Joseph. Because I'd want to know his heart. Look at this. Why? Because there, he's exercising tough love. I want to see your intentions. I want to see your attitude because I really want to know your heart. But while I see your heart, it's exposing my heart, and I want to have a heart to forgive you. Do you see Jesus in this? Do you see Jesus in this? Do you see you? Why? Because, guys, when somebody comes to us and they truly repent and say, you know, Brother Alex, I'm sorry for this, this, and this, and Alex says, okay, I want to see your heart, and he sees my heart that I'm truly repentful and that I have a confession and I'm broken, then he has a heart to forgive me. That's what he wants to see. Because the tough love is going, to, is, is going to expose something in Joseph's heart that we all need. We need to have an attitude to forgive. We need to have an attitude to forgive. I know it's hard. Forgiveness is hard. We don't just give it away like, ah, I just forgive everybody. We don't because they've hurt us and there's some deep wounds. But we need to have the attitude of Jesus in his heart and say, listen, I forgive. I forgive. Verse 25, and Joseph gave the command to fill their sacks with grain, restore every man's money to his sack, and give the provisions for the journey. Thus they did for them. So they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed at the encampment, he saw his money. And there it was in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, my money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. And their hearts failed them, and they were afraid saying to one another, what is this that God has done to us? Can you imagine? You pay for the money. I mean, think about it. That's like, Rosa, that's like you going to the grocery store and you getting a big old cart full of groceries for the month and you take it out to your car only to find the money that you had just paid him is back in your grocery sack. Now, you might rejoice. You might be like, yeah, I got money. But they're freaking out. Why? Because their brother Simeon is back there. Now, that's a treason. That's something that's like, whoa, time out. Hold the phone. Why? Because if they think we stole the money, oh, man, we're not going to get sent. So their hearts failed. So all of a sudden, what did they say? They didn't say, what did we do? What is this that God has done to us? So what happens? They go home. Well, what would you do? You found your money, and now your brother's in prison, and you think, how am I going to go back and go, hey, um, this was in my sack, 
Really? First of all, you've already accused me to be a spy, and now you're saying I'm a thief. Oh, man, this is not good. This is not good. So they go tell Dad. They go tell Dad. Look at verse 29. So they go home six weeks, right? So, And I was thinking about Simeon at this time, right? It wasn't like, you know, hey, I, you know, they flew home, and they were gone for 30 minutes, and then they're going to bring Benjamin. This is six weeks. So Simeon's in prison for six weeks. And he doesn't know if the boys are going to come back. He doesn't know if dad's going to let him. Because what did dad say, Joe? Dad said, you're not taking Benjamin. So they don't, he doesn't know. Man. So they went to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had happened, saying, this is the man of the Lord of the land who spoke roughly to us. And he took us for spies of the country. But we said to him, we are honest men. We are not spies. We are 12 brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is with our father in the, this day in the land of Canaan. Then the man said to the Lord of the country to us, But this I will know if you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food for the famine in your households and be gone. Dad's looking at him going, So what did you do? Well, he left Simeon. <laughs> we went to eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and we figured he, he's the guy, so we just, <laughs> yeah. And, and dad's like, are you serious? He says, well, what's the catch? He said, well, here's the thing. Um, they said we need to bring our youngest brother to him so that, so that he wouldn't believe that we're spies and that we're honest men. And he says, and I will grant your brother to you, but you may trade and you may trade in the land. Then it happened as they emptied their sacks. Surprisingly, each man a bundle of money was in his sack. And, they, and when they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to him, you have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. What does that mean? He's dead. And Simeon is no more. So dad's already thinking. He's gone. This is not good. This is not good. He says, and now you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Now, I want to point out an attitude real quick, guys. Do you see it? I want to point out an attitude. Look at Jacob. What was his attitude? It's me, me, me. Guys, two natures beat within, my, within me, okay? Two natures beat within my breast. One I love and one I hate. One is blessed is, and one, one is cursed. You, you understand that, right? Okay, but the one I feed dominates. You go, what do you mean? I have two natures, okay? You go like, well, what are your two natures? I have both spirit and flesh, okay? One, my spirit is blessed, my flesh is cursed, okay? But the one I feed is going to dominate. You go, Ben, what's, what, what, what's the point? Here's what I'm trying to tell you guys. When you feed the flesh, then oftentimes it's me, 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 me. And then you often have the poor memes. Me, me. But when you feed the spirit, when you walk, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, when you let your spirit, then, then you, it's not about you. It's about others. It's about going, okay, okay. God, how do you want me to see this? 
Because you said, not only take care of my own affairs, but look at the affairs of my brother. Take care of that. Esteem others higher than myself. I can't do that if I'm in the flesh. Can I get an amen? I can't do that. I can only do that when I have my eyes on Jesus. And I'm walking in obedience to him. And he's going, nope, nope, nope. Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. And now you want to take Benjamin? Ain't happening. Verse 37. And Reuben spoke to his father. Check out Reuben, guys. Oldest. Kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, Reuben. Seriously, dude? He says, put him in my hands and I will bring him back to you. That's what Reuben's saying. Raven's saying, like, listen, see my two boys over there? I never liked Charlie and, and so-and-so anyway. I mean, just, just if, no, no. He says, um, but he said, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother's dead and he's left alone. If calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. He said, it's not happening. It's not happening. You go, but Ben, 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 let's talk about Reuben for a minute because that's crazy. That's crazy. It is, and I'm going to close with this so, so the worship team can get ready. But I want you to see that Reuben, guys, is simply speaking with great concern for his dad and his brother, okay? He, he, he never, no one expected grandpa to kill the grandkids. You understand that, okay? Nobody ever, I mean, it was just one of those. Here's what the commentator said. It was, it was almost thoughtless and foolish, Dad, we got to get Simeon out of jail. No, son, you're not going to take him. It's not going to happen. Listen, you can kill my two boys if I don't bring him back. You understand where he's going, right? But I think it's foolish. I think it's, it's foolish and thoughtless. And Jacob is only seen, and he says no. No. Because he says this, guys. He says, if something happens to Benjamin, he says, I will be burdened till the day I die. I think about Jacob for just a second as we close and we wrap up our study. I think about Jacob for a second. I can relate. I love my kids. I can relate. But I need to move from, 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 from hanging out with Jacob a little bit and, and uh, being concerned about me and me and me and I and my kids and, and this. I need, to, I need to move a little bit over here. Guys, you with me? A little bit over here. I need to move a little over here where it's going to be, okay, God, I trust you. Can, can I offer you some... Just some a suggestion, real quick. Can I offer you? And I, and and I, I see Amanda here taking notes. I love it. Here's here's what I suggest. Listen, if I'm Jacob and I want to truly serve the Lord, I, I want to follow God. I want to make sure I trust in His sovereignty. You guys with me? Then what I need to do is I need to remember those times at Bethel. And I need to remember the times that I'm walking with God. And I need to remember times that he saved me. And I need to remember the times that he saved me from Esau. And I need to see time. All of that time, I need to see where God, you go, how does that happen? It's a prayer journal. 
It's a journal. It's journaling the things that God has done for you. So you, when you come to this place, you can go, yes, I'm going to trust you because God, every place in my life, you came through. We've lost the art of journaling, guys. I mean, yeah, we have prayer journals and people to pray for, but, but just what God is doing in your life and how he's, he's just, he's just, he saved you and he's rescued you. And then when you come over here, you go, I'm going to trust you, Jesus, even though it doesn't look like it, because I know in this point in my life, you trusted you in this point and you saved me in this point, you rescued me in this point. You've always been my God. You've been my supplier. You've been my redeemer. I trust you. You see, you, you see, Jacob could have come over here and said, Bethel, I remember. Amen. Let's go. But right now he's not thinking. Oftentimes we need reminders in our walks with God to see his faithfulness so that we can take the next step by faith. And that's where we leave the story today. Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word, God. We thank you for Genesis chapter 42. I love hanging out with Joseph. I love hanging out with his bros. God, I love the insight you give us to your word. Thank you, God. Now, Father, everything we learned, may we apply it. May we go out and be your ambassadors in Lubbock, Texas. May we go out and share the good news, the love of Jesus, God. May we be, Lord, um, may we be Joseph's in our grocery stores, in our homes, in our schools, in the midst of all of this, in, in the midst of this famine. May we be Joseph's, God. May we be the ones that are giving and blessing people. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. Now we worship you. As you solidify those those things, your word in our heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.